0: What's happening? Happy Tuesday to all of you. Thanks for joining me. As always, it is much appreciated. One more episode from Tampa. I'm taping this one on Monday night after a great Celtics win against the New Orleans Pelicans. A comeback in the second half by those guys. I'm set out to fly tomorrow, Tuesday, early in the afternoon. Don't forget, no super chats. Do not send your super chats because I can't answer them. No interaction here as I record this, but you can leave comments, of course. And I always ask you to subscribe if you haven't yet help out the channel. All right. The autopsy of Bill Belichick's final season in New England continues. Mass Live had a long article on Monday about the relationship between Belichick and Mac Jones. I'd like to start here. I'm not blaming Belichick for all of Mac's mistakes. Okay. That would be silly. It'd be ridiculous. It'd be too simplistic and it would be taking any responsibility or accountability from mac jones for some of his awful decision making some of the awful interceptions that he threw because some of them were so disgusting that they were inexcusable so that's the first thing i'll say before i talk about this relationship in this mass live article this is not that conversation right about mac jones and and all of the plays that he didn't make and breaking down every single solitary good play and bad play we're beyond that Mac was benched. This is a behind-the-scenes look at the head coach and QB one relationship that was awful during a terrible season. Let's start. Mark Daniels, Mass Live, writes this: Heading into the final game of the 2023 NFL season, Jones was on an island. According to team sources, the communication between Belichick and Mac was non-existent. Teammates said Jones worked hard following his demotion on the team's quarterback depth chart. He showed up early worked more in the weight room, and stayed late. Nonetheless, after week 12, when Jones was benched, Belichick eventually stopped speaking to his quarterback after week 12. Now, Matt Chatham posted on X slash Twitter earlier today that NFL head coaches don't have, quote-unquote, relationships with players who they've benched. It's pretty standard stuff. They have a job to do. They spend their time and energy on the players that are playing. No cuddling, no Netflix and chill. This isn't Pop Warner or a support group. Now, look, Matt Chatham played in the league for seven or eight years. I didn't play in the league for eight minutes. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know more than Matt Chatham. That would be absolutely asinine. I respect his thoughts, but I would have some questions for Chatham. The first question I would have is how that works. Does it work for every team? Is that how every team handles situations when guys are benched that the head coach just no longer talks to them? It could be the case. I don't know. Chatham played for two teams in his NFL career. He played for the Jets and he played for the Patriots. So was this handled the same way that it would have been handled everywhere else? I'm not sure about that. And I'm not sure that Chatham could answer that question unequivocally and state that all 32 teams handle it the same exact way maybe that's how chatham's coaches handled it maybe not everybody does that the second question i would have for chatham is are quarterbacks treated the same because usually quarterbacks are treated much differently than everybody else on the football team would that be the case when one of the quarterbacks is benched are they treated differently than anybody else who would be benched or it's the same old same old i'd also ask matt this question Should it be handled that way? Would it be handled that way during a quarterback, quote unquote, competition? Bailey Zappi was not named the starter for the rest of the season. There was no public proclamation that Mac Jones was going to sit the rest of the year. If Bailey Zappi ended up playing even worse than he ended up playing, he might have been benched and Mac might have actually returned. So I asked that question as well. Not only are we talking about a quarterback, we're talking about a quarterback that was in the middle of a competition with Zappi. And is it the right thing? Is it the smart thing to isolate that quarterback, stop talking to him, act as if he doesn't exist when you might need him as the season went on? Again, a, a question that I can't answer. I didn't play in the league. I didn't coach in the league. These are just the questions I would have. The open-ended questions to somebody who did play in the league like Matt Chatham is no communication with one of the quarterbacks that are battling for the quarterback job. Is that a smart thing? Is that a smart approach to just phase one of them out? I'd also ask Matt Chatham if it's possible something like this would have changed from when he played in the league to 2023. Because Chatham played, what, in 08? We're talking about a 15-year difference. And we've heard a lot of coaches, including Gerard Mayo, when he took the head coaching gig during the introductory press conference, talk about communicating with players, earning their trust, having that relationship, and creating that bond. Is coaching in the NFL in 2023, now 24, different than it was 15, 20 years ago? I would imagine it is. So just because it was handled that way in 2008 – doesn't necessarily mean it would be handled the same exact way 15, 16 years later. So, those are some of the questions I would have for Chatham. Let's go back to Mark Daniels, Mass Live, talking about Belichick and Mac Jones, that relationship. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up, like, comment, subscribe, trying to get to 1,750 subscriptions by Valentine's Day. And all the likes in the world mean an awful lot. More likes, more eyeballs. Continue to support this program as much as you have. I can't say enough about that. It is, again, very much appreciated. Back to Daniels on Mac and the lack of communication. Not only was Jones demoted to third string in week 18, but nobody told him. Nobody told Mac Jones he was demoted. He found out he was inactive when the Patriots released the list 90 minutes before kickoff, according to a team source. So, Mac Jones found out that he was going to be inactive at the same time you and I found out pretty much when Mac was going to be inactive. According to a source who was on the field pregame, the Patriots quarterback was so bothered by his team's lack of communication, he told a member of the Jets staff that he appreciated how the air organization handled Zach Wilson's situation. Jones privately lamented to locker room confidants that no one talks to him. Now, to me, again, haven't played in the league, and maybe Matt Chatham would disagree with this, but to me, that's inexcusable. It's inexcusable that the guy who started for you the first, I don't know what, eight, nine, 10 games of the season, that guy who was your starting quarterback, that guy who was your former first round pick in 2021, that guy who, according to this report, took his benching like a man with maturity and rooted on Bailey Zappi and did all the right things that he should have been doing. That guy, last week of the season, you not only make him inactive, which is fine, but you don't even have a conversation about that. You don't even tell him. He finds out when people tweet the inactive list. To me, that's petty. To me, that's inexcusable. It's borderline ridiculous. That nobody told Mac Jones? Look, even if Belichick didn't want to tell Mac Jones, nobody else could tell Mac Jones that he was going to be inactive to prepare him for that? I mean, it certainly feels like, and this was said by somebody close to Belichick in one of the millions of stories we've read the last couple of weeks, that sitting Mac Jones that final week of the season was a bleep you to Robert Kraft. It was a take that, one final shot across the bow, a statement by Belichick. Benching Mac Jones was a statement in week 18. It's To me, that's weak. It's weak. And it feels like it it was incredibly petty, the way this was handled, the way this season finished up. And quite frankly, I would say that some of these actions are embarrassing. And it shows the level of pettiness and what Belichick was willing to do to make his point towards people who were trying to defend Mac Jones. Or of course, remember the reports were that Belichick wanted to trade Mac Jones after the 2022 season and Robert Kraft and ownership, they said they would rather keep Jones to see if he could make something out of his career with an actual offensive coordinator. They did not tell Belichick that he couldn't trade him, but that they would rather have him keep Mac. And when you get to the trade deadline, because no deal was brought to ownership's attention before the season at the trade deadline, Belichick again, asked if he could trade Mac, whether it was Belichick directly or through one of the people in the front office. And the crafts said, yes, you can trade Mac Jones if you'd like at the trading deadline because of all the quarterback injuries. So this was just, to me, an extremely petty way to finish a fantastic career for Bill Belichick in New England. That's just my personal opinion. I'm sure some of you, if not many of you, will disagree with that. Fine, that's what opinions are for. (laughs) That's that's why we disagree at times in this conversation we have. And it, it all really stemmed back to the fact that Mac wasn't happy With the situation in 2022, he went outside Belichick's circle to talk to some people. And Belichick hated that. Belichick thought that was not loyal. And that was disrespectful to Belichick and the coaching staff. And Belichick could certainly have a point with that. But this just shows you, again, the grudges. Mac Jones, according to all the reports, went into the offseason, came back for 2023, and tried to mend fences and tried to do everything he could during the preseason, during the training camps, everything. Everything that he could to try to get back into the good graces of the coaching staff, especially Belichick. And Belichick never heard it, never wanted it, wanted the guy out before the season kicked off. Mac Jones was pretty much dead to Bill Belichick before the first snap of the football that counted in 2023. And look, you can hate Mac Jones. You can dislike Mac Jones. You can think Mac Jones stinks. That's fine. You're a fan. I cannot stand Mac Jones. If that were the case, I could say he stinks, right? That's fine. I'm a pundit. I'm a talking head. Yep. 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 But we're talking about the head coach and the head coach has a responsibility to give his starting quarterback, everything that he has to try to get the most out of him. And it's clear. It's clear. Belichick quit on Mac Jones in 2022. It's clear that Mac Jones was never going to get back into those good graces with Belichick, no matter what he did in 2023. Belichick let him hang out to dry an extra couple of weeks to prove his point. And then at the end of the season, week 18, after not talking to Mac Jones once week 12 passed, decided to make him inactive and did not even give him the respect to tell him of that decision before it was out on Twitter. To me, that's outrageous. That is outrageous from a head coach. And it's supremely petty and it's cheap. And it's just a nasty way to end things. After everything great that Belichick did in New England. Just, you know, I'd say unreal, but it's not. Again, he he is a classic grudge holder. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Don't forget to comment subscriptions, trying to get to 1,750 subscribers by Valentine's Day. Uh, Help us out with that. Every thumb, every like counts. And don't forget, Spotify, Apple Pods, rate and review. So what went wrong in 2023? Back to Mass Live, Mark Daniels. When the Patriots offense unraveled this fall, staff members were critical of Jones. Two team sources noted that the quarterback didn't do enough to call out teammates when things went wrong. The quarterback was described as happy go lucky, but lacked when it came to leading the group. Quote, he was part of the problem as far as what he was doing, who he was character wise. He's not a bad character guy, but as a guy that wasn't quite the leader of the group, one source told Mass Live. The source continued, he just wanted to be one of the guys. Here's what I would say Mac Jones could have been a much better leader. There's no doubt about that. Some of the you know flamboyance and over-the-top reactions on the field, come on now. The incessant complaining and crying and bitching and moaning and screaming and all of that stuff, especially in 2022, not good. Some of the stuff he said at the podium in 22 and 23, not good. Leadership is absolutely a question regarding Mac Jones' time here as a Patriot. But I would also say this. What did Belichick do to help that? What did the coaching staff do to help Mac become a better leader? Because if I'm looking at this, I would say it's much tougher to lead when your head coach castrates you on Monday Night Football, national television, against the Chicago Bears at Gillette Stadium. He sets you up to fail. He puts you out there. You weren't 100%. You weren't close to 100%. You start the game off bad. You get the quick hook. Zappi comes in. The crowd is cheering. And at that point, what legs do Mac Jones have to stand on for the rest of 2022? And then when the season ends, you come back in 2023, you don't even want to mention the young man's name. You're asked about the quarterback by the media. And you just shut it down. You don't even want to talk about him. You don't want to say his name until right before the season kicked off, when it was obvious that Bailey Zappi wasn't good enough and that you were going to cut him. That's the only time when you actually said Mac's name towards the very, very end of the preseason, playing all the games leading up to it. So when the head coach castrates the quarterback in front of everybody's eyes on Monday Night Football, and then he treats him like he's some kind of fungus during mini camp and camp in the preseason, what kind of voice can that quarterback have? The head coach is undercutting any opportunity, any chance the quarterback has to lead that team. The room's not going to take him seriously if the head coach is not taking him seriously. So Mac's leadership, absolutely. Some, if not most of that, is on Mac. But Belichick did not help that in any way by the way he handled Mac Jones in 2022, in the way that he completely treated him as if he was gone from the equation in the preseason, in camp season, in 2023. Belichick usurped any say or influence he could have had. Back to Daniels. As the season went on, Jones was so bothered by the mistakes around him that Bill O'Brien attempted to help the quarterback. Sources said O'Brien's message to Jones was simple. Take solace in the fact that you made the right read and right throw, even if the receiver doesn't run the proper route or catch the pass. But Jones was taking things to heart. Even when he made the right decision, he ultimately tried to do too much to correct others' mistakes. Jones later admitted to a source inside the locker room that he handled it the wrong way. No denying that. Mac played outside of himself. And that's when things started to go bad. That's when you let into the Dallas game. When Mac was trying to do too much, he was trying to play outside of his skill set. He has limited physical tools, limited physical talent, doesn't have a rocket arm, isn't a spectacular athlete. And he tried to do too much too often. And that's why he made too many terrible mistakes and bad, bad decisions. And if you go back to week one, I've said this against Philadelphia, Mac Jones made a lot of plays within the pocket, right? Scrambling and buying time. People forget that because, you know, Mac's dead to pretty much everybody at this point. But Mac, he had some success against Philly. After that first quarter, which was just awful for everybody, he had actually some success moving around and extending plays. And I think Mac at that point thought, well, I I can do this, and I need to do this for this team to survive. So he did it again in week two against Miami. And then against the Jets, you started to see him decline. In the second half, Mac didn't play great football. Two and a half games in, he played fairly well. Second half against the Jets, lots of pressure, and he was trying to save himself in the pocket. It was a mess. And so he he comes back against Dallas, and that's when the wheels came off. But there's no denying, there's no debate that Mac Jones, the biggest issue for him and what got him into the most trouble was that he was consistently trying to do way too much. He was trying to go beyond what his ability allows him to do. No doubt about that. He had no trust in the line. He had no trust in the wide receivers. He had no trust in Mike Kosicki. And so he tried to do it all by himself, and it was a disaster. He's just not physically talented enough to go off script and succeed consistently. All right, back to Mark Daniels. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up, comment, and subscribe. All right, so we all remember Germany. We try to erase it from our memory, but we all remember Germany game against the Colts in that. Just disgusting interception that Mac threw. Here's what Daniels wrote about that. Unknown to most, Jones was playing hurt. In Frankfurt, Jones suffered a stinger when Taquan Lewis hit him at 756 of the fourth quarter. It caused his right arm to go numb, according to a source. One Patriots teammate who was on the field for that drive told Mass Live he did not know about Jones's stinger. Six plays after the injury on the pivotal drive. But Darian Lowe was beaten badly and Jones rushed his throw to Mike Kosicki. Jones threw off his back foot. The injury combined with the poor pass protection led to another embarrassing interception. Again, that's Mark Daniels. The injuries don't account for all of the atrocious interceptions. I'm not going to lay that terrible interception all on the injury. Some could say that it's a very convenient message to send out there that he was hurt during that throw. But some would also say it adds context to why that throw was so bad. And look, Mac Jones was bad enough at that point. But that throw was so severely underthrown for no apparent reason that you could say some of it could have been the stinger. He wasn't able to put anything on the football. He wasn't feeling right. Now, some would say he would have, you know, should have asked out and, and, and got out of there and let Bailey Zappi come in. But, you know, mind of a football player, they're going to play until they tell that they're not going to play anymore. Mark Daniels says before Zappy entered the game, the feeling in Jones's arm and hand returned after being encouraged by the coaches. Jones thought he was about to go back into the game. Said one source who was on the sidelines, that was weird. <laughs> Look, this is just more communication issues. Coaches are encouraging Mac while Bill Belichick is deciding to bench him. You know, what kind of encouragement was going on? Was it, hey, you're going to get back in this game. You're going to win this game for us. You know, stay in the game. This game's not over. Was that the kind of encouragement? Or was it just, you know, pick your chin up. Feel better about it, Mac. Come on. Live to see another day. I don't know. I want to know the specifics of that encouragement because it's interesting to me that some of the coaches trying to encourage Mac and get him ready to possibly win the game late against the Colts while the head coach has made the decision to bench him. Doesn't seem like everybody was on the same page. But again, we need to know what was said and how it was said and who was saying it. No idea. Despite the injury, Jones took accountability. According to a team source, Jones later admitted his mistake on the play, noting he would have been better off taking a sack on the snap. Daniels then writes about the pass protection, stuff that we knew, right? Several Patriots players told Mass Live they felt badly that the results fell on Jones's shoulders. One starter said, "Quote: It's a team game. It was hard, especially at the quarterback position. It was not on one person." Unquote. Daniels writes the Patriots allowed 28 sacks during Jones's rookie year. That number rose to 41 in 2022, tied a Belichick era high with 48 sacks in 2023. The 89 combined sacks are the most allowed in back-to-back years in New England since. 2000 and 2001. The Patriots started 10 different combinations during their 17 games this season on the offensive line. Daniels writes, those seeds were sown before the ball was snapped. How about everybody else? How about Juju Smith-Schuster? Wide receivers, tight ends. Daniels writes, the Patriots believe they upgraded the receiver position by signing Smith-Schuster, but a chronic knee injury led to the receiver lacking the same burst. The Patriots also discovered He wasn't as detailed as a route runner compared to Jacoby Myers. And and here's here's what I'm like, wait a minute, excuse me. So hold on. You brought a guy in, you signed him, you gave him the money. You paid him instead of Jacoby Myers. A, you didn't think the knee injury was that bad when reportedly most people in the NFL knew that the knee injury was that bad. And B, you didn't understand that he wasn't a detailed route runner? or as detailed as Jacoby Myers, you discovered that? You discovered that after you signed him? Who's doing the background? Who's doing the homework on Juju Smith-Schuster? Before you give him tens of millions of dollars, who is looking at the film and breaking him down? Because whoever did that failed miserably. You signed this guy to a contract, and then you found out that his knee was chronic, and then you also found out that he was not as good of a route runner as you thought he was. Talk about a disaster. Two defensive players told Mass Live that the Patriots' offense didn't look like it was on the same page in practice. Shocker. Those issues started early in the fall and didn't necessarily stop when Zappi took over. <laughs> so offense never on the same page from day one pretty much till the end, not on the same page. Fundamental failure of coaching. No matter who the quarterback was, this was happening all year. We talk about the scheme, how precise it has to be and how much guys have to learn. I think that's a part of it. Lack of talent is another part of it. The constant changes on the offensive line, another part of it. But the autopsy to 2023's offense doesn't begin and end with Mac Jones. We all know that. There were some deep-rooted issues all year long. We've talked about the coaching staff, right? The wide receivers not getting really any better. Troy Brown, the job that he's done or hasn't done. And on top of all that, you had changing offenses. So, according to one NFL executive, the biggest reason for Jones's stagnant development stemmed from him having three different OCs in his first three seasons. On top of that, the Patriots' offensive system changed with McDaniels, Patricia, and O'Brien in charge. The source noted what the Patriots did with the offensive coaching staff was a recipe for disaster for a young quarterback. McDaniels with the Earhart-Perkins offense. Patricia starts running the Shanahan offense with Joe Judge. That got scrapped which was just an ultimate fail by everybody involved. They went back to the older offense, but they prioritized deep shots down the field with Mac Jones for reasons we have no idea. And they didn't call many any play action passes in, in 2022 for Mac Jones. After that was one of the things that he did really well in his rookie season. Then O'Brien came back with the old offense, but with some Alabama tweaks. So not only three different offensive coordinators in three years, but really three different schemes in three years to go along with all the other problems, to go along with Mac Jones's own limitations and a coach that quit on him. A source close to Jones lamented that the Patriots inability to keep the same offense for consecutive seasons ultimately hurt the quarterback. The frustration here was that Jones was never given a chance to grow due to the evolving changes. Look, the feeling bad for Mac Jones can only go so far he was given a chance. He was given a longer leash than we all thought he should have been given. I mean, many thought he should have been done after the Giants game, including me. Then he plays the Colts game. I mean what what kind of you know what kind of situation are you looking at? Do I have that backwards? I might have that backwards. It was a long season, but i mean the the point is. <laughs> The point is, it's been a long day, a long trip. The point is that Belichick and the coaching staff, they gave Mac a chance. Now, was it a great chance? No, right? I mean, we we can't sit there and we can't say that it was a a fantastic chance. And, you know, everything was given him as we've covered here. But, you know, was was it more than he should have received? I'd say so. Giants game was after the Colts game. So, yes, after the Colts game, we all thought he should have been done. I had it backwards. He was allowed to play the Giants game, and that didn't go much better. So I I think Mac Jones was given a chance. I mean, at some point, you have to pull the freaking plug. So I, I only have so much sympathy for the guy. All right, so how about the future? Well, according to sources, Mark Daniels writes, close to the quarterback, Jones finished the 23 season in a better spot mentally after sitting and watching games from afar. When Belichick told him that Zappy would start, Jones reacted by watching every NFL game he played in to see where things went wrong. He later admitted his mistakes to those around him and realized that despite players struggling around him, some of his biggest errors were on him for freelancing. And that tells me that Mac, he must not have been listening to the coaches because I would imagine that at least one, if not a couple of coaches told him, stop freelancing, stop trying to do too much. And it took him until Zappy came in and he was benched and he went back and watched all of the games that he played in the NFL. It took him that long to figure out, oh, wait a minute, I was trying to do too much. I was freelancing way too often and I shot myself in the foot way too many times. I mean, I'm glad he finally took accountability, but too little too late. Jones has taken a realistic approach to what this season has meant for his future. The quarterback has even spoken about Geno Smith's journey and relayed inside Gillette Stadium to one source that his path might be like the veteran quarterback. That might mean that Jones is looking forward to leaving New England and starting fresh somewhere else, right? If he's looking at Geno Smith and he's using Geno Smith as the story that he could actually follow, we all know Geno had to leave. He had to get out of New York. And maybe at this point, Mac says to himself, I've got to get out of New England. I need a fresh start. I might have to sit a year or two before I get my chance. So, if that's where his thought process is, then it's hard to believe that Mac Jones will be a Patriot in 2024, even if the Patriots wanted him to be, which we'll get to in a second. But Mac seems mentally like he's ready to move on, that he wasn't able to do what he wanted to do in New England. It went wrong. He needs different surroundings. He needs a different, you know, just vibe and, and all of those things. Get with a new coach. And he'll obviously have a new head coach in Gerard Mayo. But, you know, a number of these guys on the staff are likely going to be holdovers. So Max probably looking at this and just saying to himself, I-, I just let me follow the Geno Smith plan. According to a source, the Patriots do not plan on picking up Jones's 50-year option. We talked about that last week. No brainer you're not going to pick up the 50-year option after he played the way he played. The quarterback has a clean slate with Mayo and could remain on the roster, but the team won't hesitate to move him if the right deal comes across their desk. The Patriots are expected to pursue quarterback help this offseason. So what that tells me is translation, we'll take a pick for Mac Jones if that pick, if the offer is not insulting. We know where he is. The phone if it rings, we're picking it up and we are willing if not absolutely ready and wanting to make a move with Mac Jones. We're ready to move on. But we'll keep him if we have to. Stress have to. If you're going to offer us a 7th round pick, no, we'll keep him till something else maybe happens to another team's quarterback and then maybe his value will go up. So, this is a way for the Patriots to tell people we're absolutely taking phone calls on Mac Jones. We will trade him if the pick makes sense. Just don't offend us with your offer. That's what I take from it. It also tells me, hey, we're looking for quarterback help. Yeah, we don't we don't trust Mac as far as we can throw him, and we are not going to be married to him in 2024. So I think this, this column, this article, this piece by Mark Daniels really, really, Uh, shed some light on a number of different things. You know, Bill Belichick, he quit on Mac. He quit on him in 2022. He quit on him before the season began. And he pretty much isolated him and shut him out three quarters of the way through the season. And he was just holding on to Mac Jones because Bailey Zappi was that bad. He couldn't take the job from Mac for the first 10, 11 weeks of the season. But Mac Jones, when you look back at this, aside from him playing terrific, it doesn't seem like he had much of a chance to succeed. Does it? The offensive line play, the injuries, the shuffling, the wide receivers and and Mike Kosicki issues that they had with injuries and dropping footballs and not knowing the routes and just not good. Ramondre Stevenson, slow start. a, A head coach that, quit on him before the season even kicked off. Again, I'm not excusing the bad football from Mac Jones. It's not what I'm doing. He made a lot of terrible mistakes on his own. I've said that during this podcast. But in this situation, given what he was given and what he was not given, I just I don't know how many quarterbacks would have survived this and thrived in this scenario. A head coach who didn't like him, shut him out, Mediocre talent, bad offensive line, and a quarterback that already was limited. Which was why he was the fifth quarterback taken in the draft in 2021. He had limitations. So I don't know who would have survived this. And I can't tell you if things were better that Mac Jones would have been great. I'm not going to tell you that. But it is my opinion that with the lack of talent around him and with the the coaching relationship that was there for him and inevitably wasn't there for him we had really no chance to see if mac jones could ever be even an average to above average quarterback in the nfl not in new england not the way it was handled 3 ocs 3 different offenses and now we find out bill belichick just completely treated him like he was not even in the room so there you have it hopefully you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to give us that like thumbs up don't forget to leave your comments don't forget to subscribe trying to hit 1750 subscriptions by valentine's day episode number 100 coming up on wednesday